Hey, Steven. Great hey. to chat with you. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think you and I have been trying to get this one on the books for a while, but we our schedules never really lined up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm glad we uh, finally got it to work. Great. So everyone, if who's on the line and listening to the podcast, I'm joined by Stephen Stover, and it's our really our first time meeting. And I think I think you're gonna love this episode because he combines a lot of background around generative AI, iPaaS marketing automation. Um, so without further ado, maybe I'll just give a little bit of an introduction um, to you. Uh, joined by Steven Stouffer. He's the currently the VP of Digital Transformation and Innovation at SAS Send by day. And by night, he's a coffee aficionado and tech lover uh, by night. So from his humble beginnings of accidental admin to SaaS leadership, he's spent his career harnessing the power of marketing automation, artificial intelligence, and Salesforce. So again, Steven, great to have you on. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. So you, you talked about being a like kind of a self-proclaimed coffee aficionado. Mm-hmm. I think most revenue operators who are listening to this probably enjoy a good cup of coffee themselves. Uh, tell me, tell me about your setup. Yeah, sure. So I I uh, have a home espresso machine. It's a, a Rockets espresso machine. I don't know if your listeners uh, know them, but they make great machines. Highly recommend. Um, and I've got a, probably seven other ways to make coffee from pour over V60 um aeropress chemex i mean you you name it i probably have it but i do a lot of espresso based drinks and if you catch me in the morning or even early afternoon probably have a cup of coffee in my hand that's awesome and um you said you roasted coffee before uh how did, did. you get into that yeah so i was a poor intern you know back in the day and uh it turns out they don't pay interns very much money <laughs> So I would actually buy uh, green coffee, like uh, sourced from Ethiopia, have it shipped in bulk to my um, intern housing, and then uh, roast it with an old school like convection popcorn maker. Uh, So my roommates at the time, I don't think were very happy because uh, if you're ever around coffee when it's freshly roasted, it actually doesn't smell very good. Uh, only after a couple of hours, it starts to smell good. So yeah, I roasted coffee for, for a bit and I might actually get back into it now. Um, I've been thinking about starting that back up in my adult life. Cool. I really appreciate you sharing a little bit of coffee. Um, I have like an old Breville, I have a Breville machine at home as well, but nothing, nothing too crazy. I always feel like I'm, I need to move away from like the double pressurized wall onto mm. like a, a, to a single pressure basket for the port filter. Uh, but definitely something I haven't yet mastered. Have you mastered like the latte art yet? I'm pretty good. I, you know, I've been making coffee for like, I don't know, 10 or 11 years now, but I've never tried to really make an effort learning latte art. And I got pretty good over COVID. So um, I don't know if there's a a blog or anything that you might be writing about this conversation, but there is, I'll, sh- I'll share some latte art photos with you. Yeah, that'd be dope. Um, it'd be cool if you can do like a HubSpot logo or a Salesforce logo on the top of the coffee. Oh there... gosh, I, I don't know if I'm that good, uh, but uh, I, I, I can do like the tulip and the heart and all of that stuff. So um, that that's about where my skills uh, skills are limited. That's awesome. Um, so one thing we were talking about is, you know, a lot of the kind of the most common engagements that you're kind of brought into CRM migrations, custom integrations. Can you walk me a little through, you know, what's going on in the mind of many of your clients? Like, what are they asking SaaS send and for you to deliver when they, they engage with you? 
Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if I were to like boil it down, they're asking for efficiency. So from a marketing perspective, they're, they're just asking for efficiency around, you know, the, the qualification process of lead generation efficiency from just the end user going from their websites to contacting a salesperson that can include form fills, getting on getting content. If it's on the sales side, it's the, uh, you know, there might be outreach and drift and some of the sales enablement tools, just making the, the sales process efficient. Cause if sales has to bounce between five different systems and, you know, log all of their tasks and, you know, prospects go into LinkedIn, they're just not being efficient with their time. Um, so at the end of the day, they're, they're looking for efficiency. Um, oftentimes uh, on my end of the house, it's more on the integration side. So making sure the systems uh, are talking to each other, uh, data is being passed and they're getting utility out of that data and they can use it in a meaningful way. That's awesome. And then with the integrations, what are they integrating to? Is it like homegrown systems or they're plugging into some sort of public, publicly available API? Yeah, a little, sometimes a little bit of both. Um, so sometimes there's just native integrations, right? They have Salesforce and then they have, um, I don't know, something like Outreach or Sales Loft, and then they just want to connect it to. Um, so it, when we can, we like doing the native integrations. Uh, but then if the conversation or their use case is more custom, maybe they want to integrate a custom solution um, or a custom database, we can absolutely do that um, or a hybrid between the two. Awesome. So I'm definitely not a, any stranger to like CRM migrations. It's always a much, it's a heavier lift and whenever possible, try to go with native integrations. Mm. But lately I've seen a, a huge movement into these newer tools, particularly generative AI. And, you know, a lot of folks are trying to plug into open AI, try to figure out how can I use this in a way that's going to be useful for their business. A lot of it is just plugging data into the custom, into the UI, but not necessarily integrating to their business. Um, recently, you were at Dreamforce and you were speaking. I'd love to hear more about what you presented and some of the use cases around that. Sure. Yeah. So I, um, uh, I was given the opportunity to basically submit a session and then uh, I was very thankful that they accepted it. So yeah, I flew, I flew out there um, and... I was just trying to figure out, you know, what is, what is a problem everybody struggles with? Um, and Dreamforce, of course, is kind of the epicenter of like, you know, a bunch of different industries, a bunch of different use cases, you know, it's international, you've got HIPAA compliance and, and all, you know, uh, you've got uh, GDPR. So, so I was struggling to come up with a use case that I think would be relevant to everybody. And then it occurred to me that, you know, every business sends emails, right? Every business sends, you know, clicks send on an email, and then what happens? They get flooded with out of office responders. They get unsubscribe requests. They get, you know, I'm no longer with the company. And then an idea started to form a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I wonder if we could pick up those emails um, when normally, like an intern or you know, junior marketing person would be the typical person monitoring that inbox. And instead use something like AI. And, and the one thing that AI does so well is it takes conversational text and can create context around it and then do something with it. So what I did was actually, um, I allowed the audience in the dream during my Dreamforce session to live text a phone number, a Twilio number that I set up, an out of office email, an unsubscribe request, or I'm no longer with the company. Uh, and I asked them to provide things like when they would be back in the office, um, who their emergency contact would be, 
uh, if, uh, you know, if someone needed to contact them. And then I asked ChatGPT to basically, you know, take that text and bucket it into one of those three camps, right? Is this an audit office email? Is it an unsubscribe request? Or is the person no longer with the company? And then it started kind of branched out. And then if it was an out of office request, I asked ChatGPT to basically, you know, parse out when will they be back? Who's the person? What's their email address? Is there an emergency contact? If so, what is that? Standardized it into like a JSON format, which plays much nicer with uh, APIs. And, and you can kind of, the utility of it is, is just nicer than just one big string of text. And then you can do interesting things, right? You can process the unsubs unsubscribe request just directly from the API. You can, um, you know, create a task in Salesforce for that sales rep to, um, you know, get back with that person once they're back in the office after Dreamforce. Uh, and it, it was really interesting. There was, um, there was a few people who I knew, like you could tell when they were submitting it, were trying to like mess up chat GPT. For an example, someone put in ice, they said, uh, ice contact this person. Uh, and if you were to do, you know, this any other way with like, um, if this, then that kind of logic or listen for, um, you know, text contains like you, there's so many different ways that you'd have to build that in order to capture everything. And ChatGPT just interpreted it perfectly, figured out what the person was trying to do, uh, and then it was processed. Yeah, that's interesting. If you use just a regular set of if this then that or or, or parsing of a text with contains function, you'd have to anticipate every scenario yeah. as part of your your black box model. And anything that falls out of that is going to provide a false, and so it's going to immediately go to your default. Uh, branch logic and it's going to fail. I think it's super powerful when it comes into, you know, can it be the hardest working intern, right? Someone that's yeah. going in and part of your model yeah. and, and going much more beyond kind of those discrete logic branches or those logic operators for your model. Right. You know, I wanted to pick your brain on something. So lately I've been working on this account scoring model and I need to go beyond the obvious kind of markers for information. So a lot of companies might resonate with this. They'll segment their accounts or their regions by using these data points that they get from a third-party tool, say Zoom Info or Cognizant or anything like that. They might use like industry, revenue, country. And that's that might be enough to give you like a sniff test, but sometimes your product or your service needs a little bit more of a qualification. And normally you won't get that qualification until a sales rep or a BDR or an SDR has a conversation with a prospect and quickly qualify in or out, you know, that account. So for example, a company might say we integrate with Salesforce, but if you call a sale, you call a prospect and they tell you we're on HubSpot, well, you automatically have to disqualify them because your product only works with Salesforce. So how do you then find out that that company is with Salesforce? You might do a couple of things snooping around. You might look at their team on LinkedIn. You might notice that their admin is working or Salesforce certified, that's kind of a good check mark, but that, you know, you're requiring someone to physically go in. You can use ChatGPT to find these non-obvious markers and start qualifying your accounts. And I, the way I like to think about it is, can it be the hardest working intern? Can it score accounts much faster and much cheaper than say going out and custom building a solution to go out and find out this information. I'm curious if you're starting to come up across that these different types of use cases as you're using, you know, generative AI. Yeah, I, I, the answer is mostly yes. I think there's a big caveat to, to the AI that we probably should talk about of just kind of the things to be concerned about or things to kind of keep an eye on. 
Uh, but generally, yes. I mean, I think the general market within SaaS is, is just kind of getting burnt out about all these big mega corporations like Salesforce, HubSpot, um, and, and they feel pigeonholed into their ecosystem, right? So like Salesforce, no doubt is going to create their own AI tool, and then they're going to try to push it to their customers, uh, which might be great for everybody. But sometimes people would like to just do, um, you know, a more segmented tech stack where they can build what they want. They don't want to be pigeonholed into a HubSpot ecosystem or a Salesforce ecosystem. So yeah, absolutely. Um, something that we've been doing with our customers is actually building a um, an ICP profile and feeding that to AI. Um, so you can say, hey, look, this is our, our ideal customer profile, um, you know, greater than a hundred million dollars, uh, annual revenue, maybe number of employees is over 500 and then you feed it that context and then you feed it a domain. So a lead that's been generated, you can you know parse out their domain just from their email address and say, hey, look, you now know our ICP. How does this lead stack up to that? And then for, for me, I, I, I do something very simple. I just give it a, a letter grade. Nope, A plus, A, B, um, F. Uh, and then you feed that into the database and then sales now can prioritize uh, their outreach when they have you know, a thousand different leads that they're looking at. Another use case that I keep thinking of is, you know, the idea of lead routing, right? So when lead comes in yeah. mm -hmm. and some companies use like a custom email domain that doesn't resonate with their website domain, right? They might have like us.companyname.com. Then you type in us.companyname.com in the URL, nothing pops up, right? Because it's just their email domain. And what I've done before is I've always tried to create like a custom domain object in Salesforce. And when a lead comes in, it iterates through a loop going through all the domains and then identifies the right company and then matches it to, to, to the area. Some domains are like regional. So I can definitely do like a pod model with, you know, a global rep with a local rep and it goes to the local rep. I'm curious if you think this is going to revolutionize something as simple as like lead routing, like the AI space. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, I think, I think it is. I mean, we've, I think we've gotten a glimpse of it, of, of things like what Calendly can do and what kind of HubSpot can do just from a calendar perspective. But I mean, if you factor, if you tap something like AI and connect it into like your, your reps's calendar, uh, the Salesforce, uh, maybe if you have an HR management tool, so, you know, when someone's like, you know, on vacation or, or on PTO, not only could AI ingest the data about the lead, where they're, where you know, where they're from, corporate headquarters, figure out what reps are working in what time zones, um, and then it can determine the the best calendar link to even offer up to the end lead. So then the lead, uh, you know, end user, whoever's on your website looking to chat with sales, can be offered a calendar in real time, decided by AI book a meeting right there and then, and then have a conversation sometimes hours later. So uh, we're, we're getting there. Um, I think that's like the super sexy version, uh, something that I'm doing. And we've talked about some pretty like complex use cases, but to not scare your listeners, a very basic use case that I'm doing for one of my clients is actually taking just the states and uh, country text that someone has entered into um, a LinkedIn lead gen form. So for those who've worked with LinkedIn, 
uh, they're open text fields. Someone can type in whatever they want for like a, a country or state code. And I've, I've been feeding that data into OpenAI to standardize it, right? Whether or not you work with state codes or full state names, it can pick it up. Or even if it's misspelled, it can correct it into the correct state or the correct country. And then uh, once you have that geolocation, you know, then your routing rules will actually uh, function. So we, we experienced about a, uh, about 40% uh, data that was inaccurate because it was user entered um, and they were getting stuck. So a human had to go in there. Our routing rules didn't work because, you know, someone typed in MII instead of MI for Michigan. Uh, and then, you know, it was like two day delay for a marketing person to go in, find it into the general queue, fix the data, repush it through the queue, and then finally it gets assigned out to sales. So there's, there's unsexy ways to use AI, but, um, there are, there, there are more robust solutions that I think are just around the corner now that OpenAI has kind of flood the market. I can't wait to carve those hours back of this creating those if this, then that, or logic trees, mm -hmm. it, right? We have to kind of anticipate every scenario. And now you can just push it to a black box model and it'll carve that time back for the operator. I think a lot of folks might be scared that AI is going to take their job. I'm like, yeah, but AI is taking the worst parts of your job away from you and giving you the time that we're focused on the best parts of your job. And I think that's what makes everyone, hopefully a 10X software developer, hopefully yeah. a 10X revenue operator, or 10X marketing operation, marketing operator down the road. Um, sure. By the way, this is one of the, one of the most technical um, podcasts that I think we've had. A lot of times I'm working with senior leaders on this group and you're able to not only be operate at the senior level, but you're also working with me on the, you know, talking about AI and integration. So this is fantastic. Sure. Um, so, I mean, you know, whenever Python's brought up, it's it's gotten a little serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I'd like to do is, you know, take you back in time to, you know, meet, you know, younger version of yourself. What kind of career advice would you give you know, your younger self as you're starting your RevOps journey? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Buy Tesla stock, buy buy Microsoft stock, maybe. No, I I, I kid. I I I think I would just give myself permission to fail. You, you know, I, when I look back at my career, uh, everything that I've learned, I've learned it from failure, uh, and it was either my failure because I you know sent out an email with Lauren Mipsum text on it, or you know I missed the link in the button, caused me to you know think twice before clicking send. Or I learned from someone else's failure and, and someone else was willing to share their failure with me so I could, you know, avoid it myself. So, um, you know, as I work with my own team, giving them an abundance of grace when they fail, knowing that when you fail, you learn. So yeah, permission to fail and it's okay. That's it's how we all learn and grow and we'll be better for it. Absolutely. And by the way, for those who are listening and not actually seeing Steven's setup here, he's got this <laughs> incredible, cool, like office setup with like neon lights behind everything. And by the way, what instrument is that right behind you? Uh, that is an electric cello. That was a, a COVID idea. Uh, so I, I picked up an electric cello and uh, learned some latte arts and uh, some painting uh, over COVID. So, and now it's, it's more or less a, a, a background prop, uh, for my, my <laughs> webinars and podcasts. <laughs> I'm thinking like the most interesting man in the world, the most interesting revenue operator in the world. You've got like coffee and electric art as their I'll take side it. hobbies. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. So where can folks learn more about you and SAS send? Where can they connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so it's just the normal LinkedIn profile, uh, Stephen Stouffer. 
uh, as kind of the ex uh, extension. Um, you can find me at sassend.com. I'm also on Twitter, or I guess maybe we call it X now. Uh, and my Twitter handle is uh, marketing nerd uh, with an underscore in between the two. Uh, so yeah, LinkedIn is probably the, the best place to find me. Um, and uh, shoot me a friend request and be happy to add and chat more about any of the topics we talked about from AI to coffee. Awesome, Stephen. Appreciate you having you on the RevOps Review. Yeah, good to be here.